Well, good evening, New Mexico. Welcome to another Wednesday edition of New Mexico Rising. It's been an interesting week, an interesting day. Um, we're going to dig into a couple of issues here for sure. Um, we're joined by the field director of the Libertarian Party in New Mexico, Renata Banks, to offer her insight on the happenings. I think we're all kind of dreading what's coming, but but today it was a little lighter. Thad, it was it was a bit lighter, the blow that was dealt by the uh, uh, the overlords. It depends. We've okay. been hit on a lot of fronts today from the typical corruption that is New Mexico to, yes, the public health orders, municipality by municipality, are coming back. And of course, your supposition that possibly the attorney general actually got off his butt and went after, you know, corruption because he may have been facing some improprieties of his own. I don't know. Which one do you want to start with first? We'll get into that, obviously. We'll bring Renata on. I think that's the cue, Chris. There you go. (laughs) Good Um, evening, dear. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Uh, Brother than, well, obviously you. You had a bit of a, you have a bit of a rant. You have a bit of a um, fatwa against Xfinity tonight because they did you dirty. Please. Feel free to vent. Oh, honey, they've been doing me dirty for two months now. Been calling them and begging them to provide more than 3% of the service that I've been paying for. And they don't want to do that. Instead, right now, I have no internet. But then again, I don't think anyone in Bernalillo County has internet at the moment. Well, that's nice. That ought to help our viewership. Yeah, exactly. You know, for a streaming for a streaming show, particularly on the live views, hopefully you guys will subscribe via Spotify, YouTube. Uh, I don't know. We're on. Uh, oh yeah, we have iTunes. That was painful. Please subscribe. Also, uh, Google Podcasts as well. So if you can't see us, our big, bright, beautiful faces here live, you can you know subscribe and follow those podcasts and listen to it later on. Well, now that we've gotten all that out of the way. Yeah, the shilling. Gross. Uh, I'm gonna shower. I'll shower when I'm done. Yeah, Let, yeah. Dr. Scracy. Dr. Scracy. Oh, Dr. Scracy. Scracy, Scracy. He said, and I quote, the virus is changing like big time. You, That's like is he a doc is he a doctor as an MD or a uh, philosophy uh, PhD? He gets worse. With every single one of these things I watch, to be honest, it's it's like this game of catching up with what the CDC says, because he did say that today. He said that, you know, we're no longer going to do anything special like, you know, we're not going to have color codes or lockdowns. Basically, they're washing their hands like Pontius Pilate and deferring everything to the CDC so that I'm guessing so that our illustrious governor doesn't have to muddy her name with telling everyone that she wants them to put a muzzle back on. Because she's running for re-election. She's already saying that we need to put a muzzle on when we're indoors. Why would she do that? That is, if by by all polling, that, from a political standpoint, is suicide. 
See, here's the here's the thing I'm kind of starting to notice, and we don't like to say it, but we don't say it out loud. So I read an article today, not that, you know, this will dovetail into what we're talking about, about Facebook and Google requiring in order for their employees to return back to in-office work that they get vaccinated. I wonder how much of our Silicon Valley priesthood are truly the trust to science crowd or are they closeted anti-vaxxers? We'll see. The point of the matter is it's political suicide. Any politician who is going to advocate for this reinstitution of this policy, even for people who followed their dictates, got the vaccine, and are now being told to still muzzle up, that is political suicide. I don't see I don't I don't see a politician of outside of I mean, even in a blue state, to use those color codes, advocating that willy-nilly, right? I mean, she must have some polling that says that she's going to cruise the re-election. Because she won't if she does this. Other tricks. Well, I can't wait to see. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, Renata. What do you, what do you, what do you think of this? Not to mention this. Um, who is this guy again? This Doctor Scazy? Scrazy? Scrace? Oh, just Scrace? Yeah, he's okay. our, our friendly neighborhood. Uh, what do they call them? Old people doctor. Does he have any political power? Does he have the power to send people with guns to your door? I mean, look, I'm trying to figure out who has all that power because uh, let's hold off on that. Moving on. (laughs) But Steve Edmondson from Mine County 102.1 Socorro, I figured I'd put his name in there because I thought he asked a pretty pertinent question. He asked about the rise of cases after implementation of the mask mandate in May. And he pointed out that every month for three months, case counts went up. Between July 15th and August 15th last year, there was an 86% increase over what was in the month before the mandate. And so he was asking Dr. Scrace whether or not the science really supported what the CDC was saying. Was it? Well, you know, Scrace then deflected. And, and then he went on this kind of long rant where he explained the difference between correlation and causation. Um, and and he essentially accused Steve Edmondson of... of insinuating. Well, that ins- he- insinuating that the masks actually contributed to the rise in the cases when that wasn't the question at all. Right. The question was, is there any efficacy of this? And, and obviously when you look at places like Sweden, elsewhere... They haven't been able to statistically show that mask wearing has any effect whatsoever on the spread. And I know that'll get us kicked off Facebook and YouTube, but I really don't care anymore. This is absurd. Yeah, it is all very absurd. You know, so then Scrace goes goes back and he just says, well, there's a large body of science. Uh, Okay, well, your large body of science has really led us down the garden path and destroyed the economy. Doc. As well as be ever changing, there's no consistency in, in their messaging and their their methods. It's not consistent at all. Instead, well, it's consistently screwing up our economy, but there is no consistency there. It changes all the time. So, what is the science? The science. The science. The science. If you ever hear someone say the science, is 
whatever, or the science is this. They're treating it almost like, what is it? A religious text? Uh, some sort of, uh, it has these religious undertones when they say it. Look, I, I can't really compare it. I, I might have to take back the fact that this belief in the science of what we have done to fight and combat this disease um, is religious in nature. No, religion is pretty dogmatic and actually pretty unchanging. This has just been a moving goalpost. The science has been this moving goalpost for a better part of a year. We don't want to sound like the crazy ones, right? Oh, do I'm I fine. do? Should I? Should I, I, I do? I'm should fine. I do throw clearing about? You know, you, you're not crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, should I do the throw clearing about? And you know, libertarian. Get, we know they're all crazy. Yeah, yeah. We know they're all crazy and anti-vaxxers and want to burn down. Like, no, they don't actually. No, that's the wrong side. This is this is silly. And I and the people who are defending this, right? These these I call them dead enders. Right, who are out there, who are going, who can get all the airtime because people like us and people who are maybe counter to that narrative aren't getting this airtime. They aren't getting the ability to get out on platforms and say whatever. We will get the little marker um, underneath this video and post thereof on New Mexico Rising's Facebook page, which we advise you to, you know, follow and, you know, share um, and then deactivate your account. But we're not going to get. Itty of, I mean, we're trying to be somewhat nuanced about it. We're, we're not, we're trying not to be crazy about it and stuff like that. But these people just don't seem to, it's like you can't reason with them. They, they want to do this. They, they, they're craving, they want the power. You know, Renata, I know we kind of pick on you a little bit, but that's just because I've known you a very long time. But, you know, what is, what is your attitude? You're not a crazy person. I mean, at what point do we have to look at this and really question what's going on? Well, if all of this stuff was actually working, that they keep pushing on us, then I would be all about it. If wearing a mask fixes everything, I'll wear a mask. But it's not. It's not fixing everything. Vaccines. Now, get them, don't get them. I don't care. I... The libertarian standpoint on this is you do you, but don't force it on anyone else. Myself, I suffered a vaccine injury um, at the hands of my government. They said, here's a vaccine. It's a pneumococcal vaccine. It's experimental, and we're giving it to you. And of course, like a good little soldier, I said, okay. And I got the vaccine, and I nearly died from pneumonia. So I would like to see this out of experimental phase before I put it in my body. And I think it's my right to do that. Well, and it still, it has to be pointed out that when it comes to this, you know, terrifying Delta variant that they keep discussing and pushing all of this with, the reality is, is that the CDC came out today and they said that it's spreading amongst the vaccinated. And that there are huge pockets amongst the vaccinated. And what's more interesting is that when you go back to the work of Dr. Gert Vandebosch and you talk about Robert Malone, this is all stuff that was predicted by them. These are experts. These are prestigious experts. I had a conversation with a client of mine today, and, and he's someone who it wouldn't be a good thing for him to get COVID. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be advantageous. He's in a, in a compromised spot health-wise. 
but that's what I told him. He he said that he can't find the information or or any sort of reliable sources or anything else. And and I told him, I said they are out there. They are just being completely suppressed. Right. I mean, I, I pointed him to some names because again, these are prestigious, prestigious men. They're yeah. not crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like you go to Amazon. What is my I'm a crazy guy. I go to Amazon, I see a product. I see that it has reviews. I tend to look at the one or two star reviews. Because yeah, because you because you want to because you want to know, right? Because you know it's the product you want, you've searched for it, you've narrowed it down. Now let's look at um for lack of a better word, the negative reviews. So it's it's there's very little in the way of negative reviews out here about the side effects. Now, let's let's be honest, it is from a from a huge growing population size from a huge and growing population size of people who have actually gotten this um and or gotten this vaccine i mean being more specific in my words here um it is still a very small percentage that have had adverse effects however comma we have not done long-term clinical trials typically you wait years to see knock on or adverse effects Stage and three usually has several trials that they do just for stage three. It lasts for years and years and years, 14, correct. 15 years. Right. I mean, and hell, even libertarians complain about how long that takes. But mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, it should, you know, it, if it's not going to take long, it's not going to take long. But at the end of the day, give people the choice to be yeah. like, I'm going to wait for version 2.0. Before I, I'm, I'm not about throwing the beta. Yeah, and well, and, and not to put too fine a point on it, but this is a trend that I see constantly when it comes to public figures. Actor Bob Odenkirk, he got the shot. He got it about four months ago, and today he collapsed with heart problems on the set of uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. So. Shot does. Happening repeatedly. So, so, and this was predicted as well that there were going to be heart problems. There have been slides presented that show the difference in the blood and what happens to it after this thing. There was a study in 2010 at the University of Texas that Dr. Fauci himself ran and it killed every single animal that was involved. But before we go too far off the rails, let's just keep in mind that regardless of all of this, our public health officials, they, they don't care about any of that. They're not even considering any of that data or those studies or anything else. You know, they're not considering the fact that Dr. Fauci did a study himself on the Spanish influenza of 1918, in which he concluded that the mass led to bacterial pneumonia, which contributed to the majority of the deaths. So all of that aside, we have to understand that the CDC takes its orders from the World Health Organization. And our governor and the administration has repeatedly said that they will follow that blindly from what I'm looking at. I mean, it's it's there's no anecdotal evidence. This is empirical evidence that that's all they do. Like, there's no one questioning this. Um, there's no one. I mean, there's people griping about it. But I'm, I'm just going to let y'all know, y'all need to stop griping about it. And people need to start getting litigious. Um, oh, yeah. I have a friend that <laughs> suffered an injury. She had a stroke. 
that her doctor attempted to cover up attempted to cover it up she got rid of her notes and said oh i didn't need them anymore well my friend had worked at a, a medical practice and said that's not how that works you don't ever get rid of your notes because you no longer need them that's not a thing and right. she, all she was doing was trying to get an mri for the stroke that she had just suffered that mm. the doctor was trying to say oh no 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 you just had a headache you just had a headache sweetie yeah, that's whole... what we're getting right now. That's what our medical that's that's what our medical care has been reduced to. Yeah. It's crap. It's crap. But yeah. all that being understood, okay, so now they're bringing back, you know, the masks. Obviously, people need to understand whether or not it was made clear by today's conference or you know, or whatever, you know, you need to understand that that is the public health order again. Is that you are to wear masks indoors. Now, we can sit here and talk about compliance and whether or not that leads to it. Um, there wasn't what I would call grand compliance when it came to red counties in the state of New Mexico the last time. So, I mean, it could be argued that, that it wasn't effective because of that. But what do we think compliance is going to look like this time around? I don't think you're going to get amongst I don't, vaccinated. I don't think you're going to, I think you're going to find out a, who the true anti-vaxxers are, which have traditionally no offense, fam been leftists and also you're going to find that people who have complied um they're going to those people will take two tracks they'll be like well this is crazy and no i'm not doing that or they will be turned and mobilized and radicalized against people who have not taken the vaccine the dirty little secret about that is when you really look at uh, vaccine compliance uh, well, vaccine people who have taken the vaccine because they, they're they're good little soldiers. You're going to find that in a lot of the places that let's let's just break it down heavily voted for Biden, they don't have nearly the vaccination rates as some other areas. Um, and you know, yeah, it's a political thing, I guess, if you want to make it that. But like, we're going to find out truly who who is who. There's going to be a concerted effort to radicalize. Um, the Karens, the people who yelled the science and all the other nonsense to basically hate the people. I mean, for those of us who have gone through basic training, collective punishment was a thing that was used used against those in your group who didn't against your squadron. If they didn't, if someone in the squadron didn't live up to standard, Hey, I'm going to punish everybody. Also, that was like a wink, wink, nod, nod. You guys need to handle that person who isn't coming up to standard. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to turn citizens against each other because that's what demagogues do. It's All right. happening. They're already, when someone dies and they haven't been vaccinated. Oh, yay. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, well, that's they just don't report the other ones. But whether or not New Mexico's had enough of that, has New Mexico had enough of corruption yet? Or are we just getting started? We love it. It's our Four different businesses and charities directly connected to Representative Cheryl Williams Stapleton received deposits of more than $950,000 from Robotics Management Learning Systems LLC over the last dec decade. So how? So I asked the question. So I, I, so I read the story. Well, well, that is alleged. Let's, okay. let's okay, yeah, yeah. Let's go alleged. All alleged. All right, all right. But, so uh, we go. Okay, throat clearing yeah. done. <clears throat> My question is: 
this has been going on for how many years had they had this it's this robotics learning whatever under contract you know from from 2014 to december 2020 um taste of the caribbean is reported to have had 57 payments totaling 319,122 dollars so that's but that's that's her restaurant which by the way i want to go to before they close it down because i love caribbean food but and she's the, also the owner of a bank account yeah right right so robotics <laughs> learning systems though i heard this 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 entity which was sort of bogus had been receiving had been receiving payments from APS for thirteen years. Yeah, up, upwards of five million dollars. Th- didn't anyone? I mean, and and apparently hadn't really delivered anything to APS, well, and no one deliveries being made. Apparently, I mean, the, I mean, delivery of a product, right? When oh, you, oh, oh. When you well. contract, I mean, obviously there's delivery of laundered money, but no, when there's a contract. With any, any, okay, I'm sorry. When there's a contract between a government agency and a contractor, there typically are these things called deliverables and milestones. And no one in contracting thought to ask the question, this is five point something million over 13 years. No one, that's, that means that's a lot of money a year. Well, apparently right. somebody did. Apparently somebody did, and they raised the question. Yeah, thirteen and then, years later, and then she literally. Well, okay. Well, we've <laughs> talked about government efficiency. This is government corruption, and maybe the two, you know, really go hand in hand on some level. Um, but yeah, somebody ran in, and they they said, "Oh, you know, why is this?" And she, you know, she she says, "No, no, no. Why are you canceling stuff with them?" So she was obviously looking out, and it's interesting enough that it does appear as though her son was employed with the company as well this robotics yes. uh, learning systems yes and what about these other uh non-profits that she had that was also well, that was, you know, that was also allegedly receiving was he employed like hunter biden employed or <laughs> was he doing an actual job um that's unclear i did i did really try to dig into this and this will kind of dovetail into kind of the second part of this which some people have suggested that maybe this had something to do with the allegations that have made been made against Attorney General Hector Balderas and the entire thing with the merger between PM and uh Avon Grid. Avon Grid. Yeah, Ibadrola. <laughs> but um you know, I couldn't really find anything to that effect. I couldn't even find her son's Facebook account that apparently tied him to the company. So I can't verify any of that. That's just what was reported. That was in the affidavit. Obviously. Obviously, there had to have been something to it for the attorney general to take this step. But it's hard to say because there's so much dirty stuff that goes on in New Mexican politics. You know, this this might just be a huge infight inside of Democratic interest because somebody didn't get paid off somewhere along the way. You know, that's again, I don't have anything to prove that I need to make that clear. But you, you look at it, and, and and I know when we've talked about the merger and everything that was going on there, there were five groups, New Energy Economy, Democracy Rising, Indivisible Knob Hill, Renewable Taos, and Retake Our Energy, and they are all going after Attorney General Hector Balderas. Now, we, we discussed their motivations, right, which, again, rogues gallery, 
of tree hugging leftist environmental group special interest groups um but that basically wanted more money from Avangrid um than what was being offered as part of the completing really this is a acquisition um across many states we're the last state to approve this and so it's going it's it's kind of it's kind of kind of par for the course they wanted more concessions from the company they didn't get them and by virtue of that i think they got mad they got big mad about it it could be something as simple as that or actually these groups could actually care right silly me i don't think so but look is this a distraction are they trying to throw the sister uh, stapleton under the bus perhaps or her time might have been up she might have just been too greedy and something and she slipped up. She might have a Hunter Biden like son who dropped off a laptop at a you know computer store high on crack or meth, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. We don't know. But this is just let's go, let's get let's get to let's get to a Sandia Peak, Sandia Crest level view of this. Um, this is New Mexico. <laughs> it's like this is probably way deeper than that it wouldn't even it wouldn't shock me if this was just hector you know saying you know striking out i mean you like know like a training day tax yeah maybe yeah, i don't know i mean this allegedly we're just we're just spitballing here guys we're just spitballing here i mean it's better to talk about this than the vid it get us definitely pulled but i don't know in this day and age what can you talk about What's libertarian party? Yeah, what do you feel about this, Renata? What do you, what, well, right now we have several county affiliates that are meeting. Um, San Juan County, they meet the third Thursday of every month. Eddy County has started meeting. They had their first official meeting this past weekend on Saturday, and they will be meeting once a month um same saturday every month um and you can find all of these meetings these affiliates on lpnm.us um albuquerque and well bernalillo and sandoval counties have been meeting as well we've been meeting at boxing bear for the time being and we are about to roll out five more counties and so that's going to end corruption Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, right, right. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you, you're like, you aren't selling me on this, is it? Oh, oh, that's gonna. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I guess I'm. I mean, we, I mean, we've dealt with the attorney general. We've dealt with the secretary of state. We've, we've dealt with all these people. And um, or I guess is the Libertarian Party gonna throw up some more sacrificial lambs to go at these two offices? I don't know if, no. I don't know if Belderis is up again. He should be up again next year, correct? I believe this is his. Wait a minute. These people reign in per in perpetuity. Don't even think yeah, about it. I mean, <laughs> it's the same people. We've been run by the same people since forever. So, yeah. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but New Mexico is one of the most expensive states to run a political campaign in. The cost per vote is just insane. Well, and if you think about all the square miles, how do we have compared to other states? That's you know they're all spread out. Some of them have internet. Some of them don't. Uh, one point. If I, if I remember correctly, it was one point eight million. 
I'm just thinking of people over the age of 18. Well, it has to be shrinking, so it's only going to get harder. And it is shrinking. Of young people, definitely. But yet, um, we continue to have to pay out the nose if, you know, you're anything other than one certain party. Well, one would argue. To run a campaign. I mean, it's. We have a, a program that the Libertarian Party has been rolling out in other states called the Frontier Project, mm -hmm. and they've been highly successful. They're getting Libertarians elected to, you know, state house and such. And we currently have Marshall Burt in Wyoming that he's he started introducing legislation in his freshman year, and he's making waves. He's doing good things. And we would like to bring that here, but it's just too expensive for us to do it right now. And the whole point of that program is to take limited resources and use them in the best way possible in order to achieve our ends. Going great in Wyoming, but New Mexico, we're not quite there yet. We are starting at the local level. Uh, that's where we're focusing our campaigns on because that's where we can actually make a difference and make some real changes. Whereas is is the Libertarian Party open right now to working with um, some of the more freedom leaning, let's say, Republicans, especially in regards to mask mandates um, and coronavirus restrictions? Is that something that the Libertarian Party is considering at all in order to well, take we can't, we can't run a candidate that's not a Well, I mean, even some of the more grassroots things that are going on, you know, I know we had Ben Luna on here. Yeah, his three, um, you know, with his 33 counties yeah, 33 tour. County tour. You know, mm -hmm. things like that, that maybe there would be some sort of common ground that could be found there. Because, again, it does appear to me that, that when you talk about the party that's been in rule and, and doesn't seem to be letting go, I, I'm not sure that splitting the freedom vote is a particularly good idea. So there has to be a way to maybe work on a grassroots level to go against the Democrats. If the Republican Party could come up with a principled candidate, that'd be great. Well, Mark Morris didn't do it for you? Mark Morris. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to the campaign manager for the Chris Manning campaign. So, Well, I know, but you know. Mark Chris, we had Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the uh, Mark Boris didn't do it for you. Huh? All right, well, sorry about that. There's, they're they're willing to die on some of the silliest hills, and they they can't even get along with themselves right now. You know, it's well. There's definitely okay, who, are, who are we going to bring in as our candidate? Okay, we'll bring in the guy that has the the biggest, most expensive swinging dick. Yeah, well, not and even I, that. No, how does that work? How did that work? Well, no, they, you know, they brought in the sacrificial land. Yeah, no, they brought in a sacrificial land that had a lot of money. That's the that's generally what happened in CD one. So, and generally now, speaking, CD1 though, has always been Republican up until two thousand eight. We have been Republican since I remember the inception. Heather Wilson, CD one. Yes, Heather Wilson. And so it it stayed Listen. all the way until after Heather Wilson after she vacated. Mm -hmm. And then things went and Democrat controlled ever since. The Democratic Party controlled ever since. So but, I don't know. Republicans had this seat for so long. 
Yeah, but I don't think the I look. I I think they're going to be a party in perpetuity that's going to be kind of out of power, at least at a lot of the federal uh, seats. Well, with the exception of maybe the district I'm in, which is CD two. But to, to to Sean's point, you do understand that the powers that be that are in this state will crush the most terrible GOP candidate. And of course, I've done some Libertarian Party canvassing and stuff like that. They crush Libertarians pretty easily. Oh, do you you, you do understand that it's, that you may need to you take have to be principled when you've got money? Well, yeah, but I mean, you also need money. And you also need yeah. allies. So I'm thinking that, like I said, there's there there might be a time, particularly in states like this, because California deals with the same issue too, where they have there are more there, there are more registered Republicans in like California than they are in most states in the union. Yet they don't win, um, and they're more liberal. There's a ton of libertarians there, and they don't win. They're growing like crazy. I but just I, got I think the, with one of uh, the gubernatorial candidates. His that? campaign manager. I was in campaign manager school with him last. Uh, so how's that going? No, who is his, who do the libertarians have running in California? Uh, Hewitt. For the yeah, Hewitt. Oh, Hewitt from uh, from uh, not Orange County, but he was. Uh, let's see, what's the county he's from? Where he was? Uh, he, where he sits on the commission? I forget where he is, but he's. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's a good guy. I've sat down and you know broke bread with him. He's he's the real deal. He kind of understands what's going on. But I mean, all right. So that's a long way of basically saying, don't you don't you think that the libertarian should probably side with the GOP or at least the GOP who are somewhat liberty leaning, even if they're the crazy icky MAGA types, because the ultimate threat is what we just discussed in this opening monologue. That's the ultimate threat. Wow, it got really, really quiet. Candidate, principal then we means- can support something like that, but we also can't run a candidate that doesn't have an L next to our name. Our, our well, no, I'm not black. saying that you have to have to endorse a GOP candidate. I'm just saying you right. may like, like for instance, with this 33 Why county thing, you don't have to bring grassroots it- on something that if there was an actual principled candidate that was going to do something positive for the state. I would be more than willing to run grassroots on that, but not seeing it. Yeah, it's 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 a tough road for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough because I mean, pr- you know, principles means nothing when they're dragging you off the gulags and sticking things in your arm. And I'm like you're saying, I maybe I'm a little, I've gotten a little radical in the last couple of oh, months God. because you know, I've We've been tried to partner in the past to no avail. Yeah. And it's just another version of, well, we don't like their version of statism. We want our version of statism. I'm sorry. We're libertarians. We don't do statism. But that's your death. No but that, but that's, but that's, that's, that's you guys. That's you guys teaming with the establishment, though. That's the point. There are insurgent candidates, many of which have been on our show, that aren't with that. Right. But it, there's going to come. This is this is the divide. Right. I understand the principle. I understand all that stuff. That's all well and good. But you're in a state where the really, to be blunt, the left who are control are, are in control of the state via the Democrat Party are going to force things down the throats of the divided people who might not necessarily agree on the level of statism, but do understand that the level of statism that is about to be instituted is a threat. 
Now this, you guys are assuming that the Libertarian Party is, so at least half of our people are coming from the Democratic Party. We have over 13,000 now. Our numbers have doubled fairly recently, um, more than doubled actually. And they're not just coming from the Republican Party. They really aren't. So you're assuming that no, 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 I wouldn't assume that. I think that no, no, I'm not assuming that. I'm just saying coal this is this is about coalition building in a state where we you right. are the minority of opinion. Mm -hmm. That's that's all I'm saying. It's it's wonderful right. that the conservative Democrats, and that's what they are, are saying, like, wow, what they're doing up in the, at the roundhouse is crazy, or what they're doing at my local school board level is crazy. So yeah, I mean, there's tons of Democrats <laughs> that are not liking what's going on. I am not saying that. And if they are principled libertarians or if they're even if they're just fair weather libertarians because they can't stand their party, good. You're growing you're growing constituency. However, the other constituency that is the controlled opposition in the state that has bigger numbers is the GOP. And there are people within the GOP that don't like the way the GOP is going. They're right. just they they yeah. hate it just as much as most libertarians who look at the GOP and like Ugh, yeah. Trust me, yeah, I they are gross. with the GOP for so long. I did. Oh my god, I went out, I pounded pavement, did all the things, got made fun of by Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's just that's so mean, Sean. No, you know how I am. That, uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I make fun of everything. I make fun of myself, make I'm, fun of her, of her activism. It's like, I just want to be, you know, or you know. George I'm Bush. Sure yeah. I, I, well, I'm not sure when I had the blue hair when she was a Republican or how that worked out. <laughs> now I don't have hair anymore. So what are you gonna do? There you I go. Was a, I was a purple-haired Republican and a green-haired Republican. Purple hair. And a yellow-ish, kind of orangey. Oh. I had a mohawk. Wow. But how do you, Renata, give us your vision, the Libertarian Party revision or vision of of pushing back against this. Yes. You know, what is the Libertarian Party going to do? We'll give you the last word. I know we've run way far over. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, just just lay it out there about what, you, what the Libertarian Party wants to do to push back so, corruption. We are growing, but here in New Mexico, we haven't been very good about reaching out to our people. I mean, we've got well over 13,000 Libertarians and we haven't reached out and touched them. You know, they really know that we exist. So our campaign right now is to get them together and start finding people that want to run for office, start finding people that want to knock doors, make phone calls, you know, whatever, doing some actual activism, getting up off our butts and making things happen. Several counties are rolling out. It's going to take money, 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 always. Um, so that's that's another thing we're trying to drive membership to the state party and to the to the affiliates as well so that these affiliates can start organizing and making things happen because when libertarians actually organize and you know start doing things the right way we actually get shit done it's happening in other states now we do have five elected libertarians here in new mexico so that's that's certainly a start um, we had 28 on the ballot, 27, 28 on the ballot in this last, in the 2020. So 
we're making some moves. We are definitely making some moves and we're going to continue to keep going and pushing our libertarian philosophy. Yeah, I can, I can always appreciate making moves. I just keep running my mouth and nothing really changes. So, you know, <laughs> that's all right. We'll keep trying. Renata, thank you for joining us this evening. It's appreciate it. It's been good. It's, it's always good to see you. And uh, next time you see me, don't fight me, bro. But <laughs> Baka, what are we doing? Uh, I was just making sure I w- our calendar was right. Sorry, you guys. I feel like this was a great show. I know I, I always overhype our shows, but we got to make sure people watch this one. There's a lot of good New Mexico specific information. So I'm sorry if I was messing up the show for everyone because I was just watching. I'm a I'm the biggest fan of this show. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, August 1st uh, yeah, at 1 cool. p.m. We're going to have Paul Guessing on, who is president of Rio Grande, Rio Grande Foundation, correct? Yes. Uh, not the Rio Grande Foundation. Nah, I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, all, all, <laughs> all guessing. Uh, it looks to be cool. Um, and so please, everybody, tune in. Renata, thank you for coming on. I always enjoy listening to you guys absolutely. talk. So thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, we'll absolutely. do it again. We'll do it again. No, no, we'll drag you back. Don't worry about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And we'll, and we'll rip on and we'll rip on your beloved party even more because that's what we do, and we know we can get away with it you a little easier than some other people. Go ahead. That's what we do. Yeah, that yeah, maybe next time you come on we can we can discuss the latest LP beef because there's always one. <laughs> there's always, always one. Oh, at the national level, it's so much fun right now. Yeah. Oh, it sounds fun. All, All right. right. Thank you for tuning in. Uh Chris, roll the thing. Get us out of here.